BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Fox 2 presents Hancock and Kelly. Welcome to Hancock and Kelly here on Fox 2 on your Sunday morning. On the right, right there is John Hancock. We're back. On the left, welcome back, Michael Kelly. Good morning. Welcome back to you. You guys got some sun? Uh, a little bit. I don't, we don't get tan, Brown. We were busy working down there in Florida. I was down there, too. I didn't see you working because I wasn't. I wasn't working. All right, the big story this week, of course, the fallout from the Mueller report. So let's get you up to speed first of all. Then we'll discuss all that happened. Here's Doug Luzader. The collusion delusion is over. And with a massive crowd, more than 10,000 people, the president used, let's say, colorful language to describe Democrats who are pushing to continue the investigation. The Democrats have to now decide whether they will continue defrauding the public with ridiculous In particular, the president had his eyes on Democrats like House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff who sparred with his Republican colleagues who want him to step down as chairman because of his repeated claims that there was evidence of Trump campaign collusion with Russia, something the Robert Mueller investigation reportedly didn't find. And Schiff so. stands by his claims. I think it's immoral. I think it's unethical. I think it's unpatriotic. And yes, I think it's corrupt. We have no faith in your ability to discharge your duties in a manner consistent with your constitutional responsibility and urge your immediate resignation as chairman of the committee. But Schiff has the support of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who chided Republicans over the issue of releasing the full Mueller report and not just a summary. I think they're just scaredy cats. They just don't know what to do. So they have to make an attack. Now, the full Mueller report is pretty long. We're told it's about 300 pages or so, and it is likely we'll see at least some portions of it released next month. In Washington, Doug Luzader, Fox News. Got to release it all. I'd say that. What do you say, John? You're up. You get to go first because he's actually been saying for months now, mark the tape, mark the tape, there's no collusion. At least that's what the condensed version says. Actually, I've been saying it for years, Brown. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and because there was no collusion, and if there were collusion, we would have known about it long before now. And here's what I, I want to make three points quickly. Number one, uh, the much pilloried Robert Mueller delivered the goods. He did a thorough investigation. He's a pro. He's a law and order guy. And he found no evidence of collusion. That's what it says in the report. And, and that case is closed. Number two, what I want to say is I think the Democrats are going to err if they believe that continuing this narrative and continuing to stir this pot is going to merit anything with the voters out there. I, it will not. It will backfire on them if they continue. Uh, and number three, Yes, we're going to get the full report. Now, it's going to be redacted. Has to be. Grand jury testimony won't be in there. Uh, sources and methods. Remember, this was a counterintelligence investigation at its core. None of that's going to be in there. Uh, and number three, anything that might be relevant for ongoing investigations, supposedly there's all these other investigations going on, that won't be in there. But the full report's going to come out, and, and I'm, I'm afraid the Democrats are making the same mistake with the release of the report that they made of the investigation in the first place. They're telling us there's something there. Just wait till it comes out. Afraid, John. There's going to be, I'm not afraid. Release the report. I, I'm, they're going to release the report, but what I'm telling you, what I'm going to caution you, Michael, is don't oversell it because the report is going to say no 
Collusion. Well, wouldn't it be great, now that Robert Mueller has said this, our intelligence folks have said it, that the Russians meddled in the election. Wouldn't it be great if the president were to help tackle that with us to deal with the fact that Russia not only mangled, tangled in the last election, but is likely going to do it in the 2020 election? You're right. It does say there was no collusion. But it also does not exonerate him as it relates to obstruction of justice. That's why the full report should be released so that we can see this. Finally, I agree with you, John. I think the Democrats have got to get back to talking about kitchen table issues, not go the route of the Republicans in 2016 and go after anger, but talk about change. People want change. They know that Donald Trump is a flawed president. They want to see a president come in who is actually going to carry our country in the demeanor that it's supposed to be done. And by simply going out and trying to get revenge with Donald Trump is not going to be a recipe for victory of the Democrats in 2020. You know, John, one thing we've seen in the past, similar situation where one side is so focused on a negative, and when that doesn't happen, uh, they're blinded to anything else. It really ha hurts, hampers your efforts to move forward. Republicans have done it. Democrats have done it. That may be where Democrats are at this point. Yeah, I mean, they, they've got they've they've got an opportunity here to get away from this thing and and do whatever it is they feel like they need to do to win the election. The, the problem they're going to have is they they invested so much political capital in the idea that the president of the United States was a traitor, because at the core of collusion, what you're really saying is that the president and his campaign conspired with an enemy of the United States to thwart the will of the people in an election. They, they've invested so much political capital in calling the President of the United States a traitor. Well, they, they, it, they've but shown rightfully no so, John, there was a lot of smoke there, and we had a president that was having private meetings with uh, Vladimir Putin. I mean, look, this is substantive stuff that we know that Russia was meddling in our elections. Of course we should find out if the president's a traitor. You're going to sit and lecture the Democrats on what they ought to do when you all spent six years questioning on the citizenship of the past president? There is smoke here, Brown, but it's, uh, it's the Democrats that have been doing a little smoking out there. And, and, and they, look, I'm just telling you, if you guys want to go ahead and, and pursue Donald Trump and collusion for the next year, you're going to be pursuing it for the next six years let's because talk, he's going to be president of the United States. Let's talk Nancy Pelosi very quickly. <laughs> I should have marked the tape on me, whatever, three weeks ago when she first came out and said, no, we're not going to push impeachment. I think I said, wow, she knows something that's not going to be in this report. I think that was a cautionary tale to her freshman members. Back off on this. There's not enough here. Do you think? Well, that's uh, yes, it's that. It's also lessons learned from the Republicans and their impeachment move against Bill Clinton. I also think it's that she knows that the best opponent for the Democrats is Donald Trump. Why get a fresh slate? We've got a flawed president, one who doesn't act like a sane human being. Let's put up a candidate who talks about kitchen table issues that every American talks about, show that you can be rational and firm and elect the next president of the United States. And why would you want to give the Republicans a fresh start with a new candidate? John, here's one that I, some of the Republicans I talked to this week didn't fully understand, is you just have some great news. And the president does this, self, does this to himself a lot. You have great news, right? You're in the clear, if he wants to say that. And the first thing you do is say, we're going to get rid of Obamacare. That was on nobody's radar, and all of a sudden it's, I mean, it's huge diversion. He couldn't even have a victory lap because now you're debating that. Well, was that a smart move or not? Well, we'll see. Uh, you know, generally speaking, if you look at health care, it's become the third rail in politics, like Social Security used to be a generation ago. And Obama did well with health care in 08 when he won. In 2010, his health care plan cost the Democrats control of the House. Obama gets reelected in 2012. In 2014, Obamacare costs the Democrats control of the Senate. And in 2018, health care, I think you could make a very persuasive case, cost Republicans control of the House. It is a toxic issue. 
you're not going to solve health care in this Congress, so why bring it up? Well, having said that, last thing, I know I'm talking too much, the last thing is uh, if Donald Trump and the Republicans can come up with a health care plan that makes sense, that is popular with the public, then it can but be it can be. What, a what do you mean issue. they have to come up with one? Didn't they have one? This president said we were going to repeal and replace Obamacare. They've since dismantled so many parts of Obamacare. Now they want to do the final blow in the courts. They have no alternative. Donald Trump told us once we did these things, health care was going to get cheaper. I hope that health care is something you guys run on because when we put the scorecard of the Democrats versus the Republicans, Democrats ensuring more people get covered for less cost, Republicans saying, hey, if we get rid of Barack Obama and Obamacare, things get better and rates continue to still go up, this is a winning issue for Democrats. Well, it's not that we have no plan. It's that the Republicans have about three different plans. And so, you know, can we coalesce behind something that makes sense uh, that will cover more people at less cost and provide for pre-existing condition coverage. If you can do that and the president can run on it, he's got an issue. All right, still to come on Hancock and Kelly, one guy we thought might be a force in 2020, mm. now trying to hang on to his freedom. Michael Avenatti, the local guy, the Parkway Central grad. I'm sure Parkway wants me to stop saying that. <laughs> he gets hit hard this week. We'll discuss the case and the other crazy legal issues out of Chicago as well, next on Hancock and Kelly. To hear more, listen to the podcast. Just search for Adcock and Kelly. Hey. Yes, you can. Wow. Right there on your... That's and, I, and I listen to it during the breaks. I listen to previous shows <laughs> just to mark the tape. Welcome back to Hancock and Kelly on your Sunday. Michael Avenatti went from hero to zero in the eyes of a lot of people this week. That was quick. Avenatti rose to fame by representing the porn actress who was suing President Donald Trump. Avenatti then took that fame to the next level by becoming one of the most outspoken critics against the president on CNN and other places, and he even suggested that he might run for president. Now the Parkway Central grad is on a downward spiral, it appears. Avenatti was arrested on extortion and fraud charges involving millions of dollars. He's also accused of domestic assault from a few months earlier, and pretty much everybody who knows him now says, not surprised. This is actually a twist of fate that many people saw coming. Michael, I'll let you go first on this well, one. I've never seen somebody fall quicker, faster than right. somebody that seemed to be going Look, that Michael direction. Avenatti is an opportunist. He reminds me a lot of Donald Trump. He's a guy who chased headlines. Nothing seemed to have hurt him to this point. You know, he was the president was with porn stars. This guy's out representing porn stars. But where he crossed the line is he looks like he's violated the law, and he picked on one of the world's biggest corporations. With a lot of lawyers. With a lot of lawyers, the FBI busted him. Good on him. See you later, Michael Avenatti. He needs to go away and back to the opportunistic hole he came from. Well, let's stipulate. Let's stipulate to the fact, Brown. Okay. There's a guy with a great haircut. Okay. I mean, you know, <laughs> he's a good-looking guy. He's got the he's got the whole Parkway you know, Central grad scene yeah. thing going 1989. on. 1989. Uh, but it looks like he's headed to the pokey, Brown. And uh, I can't think of a, a you know, he's going to be a popular guy when he gets uh, in well, the pokey there. Well, here's, I mean, there's so many issues surrounding this because let's go to the outsider issue first of all, right? Yeah. When these people are a quick flash in the pan, and we've seen it in politics, I mean, even think Eric Greitens, nobody really knows the background. This is one of the reasons people say you, these, these outsiders are not always a good idea. You need to know a track record of people because you don't but, know what they're really like. But we have a president, while, while having 100% name uh, yeah. ID when he <laughs> got into it, knew nothing about politics and shows it on a daily basis. Look, I, I'm with you. I think there's a detriment to folks who've never run 
a, bureau a bureaucracy, have never run a government, being able to run for president of the United States, but we're seeing more of them pop up. It's all about celebrity status. Yeah, and I'd make a distinction between Donald Trump, who was a very known co right. commodity. I mean, people had an opinion of him. They had thoughts about him. They liked him. They really didn't like him. They didn't I mean, know his everybody, policies, though. I mean, uh, the policies were still sure. Until a week ago, that was Michael Avenatti. Sure, <laughs> but, but these, these folks that come out, literally come out of nowhere, uh, that you've never heard from before, and now all of a sudden they're seeking high office without ever having been vetted, you know, there's, you run a risk. I mean, you could get a perfectly great, amazing human being, but you run a risk with an unvetted, untested political candidate, and, you know, it'd be like hiring Joe Blow off the street well, to come run your okay, business. I'm glad you said that. We're going to get to Jesse Smollett in just a second, but one thing was brought up to me by a rather powerful individual here, and he said, not just uh, Ocasio-Cortez, right? But think about all these young lawmakers getting into office who are now in powerful positions. Would we hire them for entry-level jobs at where places we work? He said, that's a dangerous line. Yes, you win an election, that's the way it works. But we really need better people is, in some of these places because that, no, you wouldn't the product of the jobs. times that we're that's in. True. When we first started running campaigns, we wanted to talk about experience and how our person had the most experience. Now you have people running saying, I know absolutely nothing about what you want to hire me to do. Yeah, you may hire them for an, for an entry-level job. That probably happens all the time. But you wouldn't hire them to be the CFO of your business and that's without some expense. And, and that's, where, that's where we are. Yep, I understand that. All right, let's talk Jussie Smollett. Oh. Headline from The Hill says, conservative Twitter outraged after Smollett charges dropped. They got this one wrong. That's because a lot of people are outraged over what happened in Chicago, including President Obama's former right-hand man. Ever since Jesse Smollett has walked out of the court, have you ever have you heard a single word about the offense of a hate crime? Since he said he's innocent, has he said a single word about any hate crime or some some sense of notion that there was a hate crime committed and it's, uh, he's going to bring those that were accountable and responsible for the perpetuation of a crime against a gay man, a black gay man? No, nothing. I think that speaks volumes, his silence. Not only on the contrition part, not only on the remorse part, but no sense that there was actually, since he believes he is innocent, he was angry about a hate crime that was committed. Since Tuesday, you haven't heard a single word that seems to have gotten his anger. I think that tells you volumes. Yeah, this is not a left or right issue. This is, no. something went wrong here. Well, and, and we talk a lot about crime in St. Louis, and Chicago is used as a, a national story about crime, but the reality is this is happening in every country. Well, this is one of our most important cities in the country, and they spent hours upon days upon millions of dollars investigating a false claim, and then to have an agenda-driven prosecutor come in and say, no, I'm going to throw this out? Boy, it seems awfully familiar to what we're living uh, in right here in this area. Bingo. But more importantly, there is crime that needs to be dealt with, serious crimes. He should be held accountable. Yeah, and, and, and that's right. To, to bring this thing close to home, the reason you elect law and order people to be your prosecutors, people that are going to be follow the law, put the bad people away, and not people that have some social agenda, which... Too many cities in this country have elected prosecutors with social agendas. Hello, St. Louis. And, uh, and, and this is what happens. You don't prosecute criminals. This guy's a criminal. Or at least he, he ought to be tried as a criminal for what he did. And it's an outrage that this is going on. Federal charges may be coming. We'll see. Let's Still hope. to come on Hancock and Kelly. Feds also taking a closer look at St. Louis County government. The guys on each side of me right here, the ultimate insiders, will get their take on what might be happening inside the county.
All right, let's talk St. Louis County government. We have a real mess playing out right now, and I feel it's about to get a little bit uglier. Now we know there are federal investigations taking place into the council, the county executive's office, and a lot of people there in Clayton. Nobody in the county wants to talk much about it. They can't, probably, because of all the legal issue taking place. But it looks like the feds want to know if donors to Steve Stanger are getting some preferential treatment. They are digging, but lawyers aren't talking because there's now also a battle over who the county lawyers actually work for. Is it the county? Is it the executive? Or is it the taxpayers? John Hancock, you're up first. What do you think is going on here with all this? Well, you've got, this is for real. I mean, you've got federal investigators in here looking at a situation, and by all accounts, it has to do with campaign donors and official decisions made on developments and so forth. Very difficult case to prove. Uh, you know, you can take any politician and look at their donors and look at their actions in office and you can draw some correlations. It's true of anybody that's in office. So the question really becomes, were special favors given? Were there, was there a quid pro quo? And one of the things the investigators may find here is that maybe there was a quid pro quo. Why, you do this for me, I'll give this to you. If that, now that's a crime. If it's a situation where a donor gets a project, uh, that's a lot less clear and a lot fuzzier. Uh, but the good news here for taxpayers is that this isn't, this is no longer about the county count, the dysfunctional county council and the county executive fighting each other. You've got federal investigators in here. They will get to the bottom of it. And just as Robert Mueller, they're going to look at the evidence and they're going to say, is there a crime here? And that's, that's where we are. Yeah. That's, that, you know what? It's a perfect summary of what it could be. It could be a hard play case to prove, but if there's text messages or emails that show that then Steve Stenger's in a lot of trouble. Look, Steve Stenger barely won this last election. He was running against a guy in a Democratic primary who probably wasn't a Democrat. He positioned himself, Steve Stenger, to go there and just barely get across the line. This is devastating to Steve Stenger. I mean, he's been attacked and attacked and attacked for four years with these types of allegations. And now when you have a federal investigation looking into county government and what's happened uh, with uh, divisions of the government under your control, even if it's not a direct investigation of Steve Stenger, as he claims, this is not good. This does not spell well for Steve Stenger. Uh, it's also a real problem as we move forward with a county executive and a county council who can't agree on anything right now, and getting to the truth is the most important thing. It's also not new. Uh, we've had swirling controversies in this office going back to the Dooley administration where there were these rumors that he's given favors to his big donors and so forth. It's a fairly reoccurring theme in politics. Now, is somebody, is an office holder going to be stupid enough to make a quid pro quo deal and give away some wealthy contracts to some friends of his? Boy, if, if you like Steve Stenger, you better hope not. If you put that in an email, you're pretty stupid. You, I know that's what they're looking at, seeing the emails, so we'll right. know soon. All right, still to come on Hancock and Kelly. Hey, it's opening week for baseball in St. Louis. We're going to talk more about that coming up and final thoughts. Ah, yes, each and every year, this is what we see here in St. Louis. It is more or less a holiday for the city coming up on Thursday. Hopefully the weather looks just like that on Thursday. Gentlemen, final thoughts. You guys also work at KMOX, of course. Got the baseball over there. And uh, looking forward to this season. There's some, there's some fun stuff going on. Baseball doesn't really start. Until the Clydesdales make their trip and the Hall of Famers come in their convertibles. I can't wait for Thursday and the start of summer. It's going to be good. This is what life is all about, Brown. Yeah. The smell of the grass out there on the infield, the watching the players traipse across, get in their positions, shift into these weird locations <laughs> on the infield. Uh, and, and our Cardinals, 
Our Cardinals haven't made the playoffs in three years. Now we've got the right-handed swinging Paul Goldschmidt right in the middle of that order, anchoring first base for the next six years. Yadier Molina, in the final years of his Hall of Fame career with the St. Louis Cardinals, a really solid pitching staff on this team. Brown? It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Oh, it's a shame you didn't have something to say about all that. <laughs> yeah. And people ask me, they're like, what is it about opening day? And I tell them from other parts of the country, you just have to come. It's the yeah. calendar of our lives. Really, it's you another, have to. It means There's you've no lived another year. Right. It, it, technically, it's an official holiday in St. Louis. Everybody knows yeah. you don't schedule meetings on opening no. day. Even if you're not going to the game, you're yeah. going to be watching it on right. TV. It's like our new year. Finally, the weather starts getting right, and you can go outside again, and we all start afresh. It's all good. It's like watching Hancock and Kelly. Each and every <laughs> Sunday. And if you miss part of Hancock and Kelly, download it on your smartphone. Just search out Hancock or Kelly. Fox News Sunday with Chris Wallace is next. We'll see you next Sunday here on Fox 2.